Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin. It's a show about food in Sydney and the people who cook it. And also, it's about Justin Bieber. My name is Andrew Levins and uh, my co-hosts are Mike Eggett and Mitchell Orr. I've been relegated to third co-host now, have I? <laughs> well, fourth after Justin Bieber. <laughs> it's, the, it's called the Biebchen now. <laughs> And uh, today we've got two incredibly great guests that we've been wanting to get on the podcast uh, since we started. In fact, we had one of them very briefly on our Live from Rootstock episode. Um, they are the masterminds behind one of the best restaurants open in Sydney's Inner West over the last few years. It's called Hartyard, and we have Gregory and Naomi, um, Gregory Llewellyn and Naomi Hart. Um, Thank you. Why Thanks. didn't you call it Llewellyn's Yard? <laughs> oh, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. It's like it's actually it sounds so much better. Like people are like, "Oh, what's your restaurant's called?" I'm like, "Hearts Yard," and they're like, "What? Hearts Yard?" Like, and they're like, "Oh, Hearts Yard." Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so much better in an, in an Aussie accent. So, yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> um, now we thought we would get you in to talk. You had a big year. You've had uh, a, a book out. Um, you had the second year of your. I mean, did the credits open at the end of last year or the beginning? No, of this year? March this year. March, March this year. year. Right. Cool. So it is. Yeah, a, a huge year for you guys. Yes. Um, so Gregory and uh, and Naomi not only have Hearts Yard, which is a uh, American style um, uh, restaurant in uh, Enmore. Um, mm-hmm. You've also got uh, the Gretz, which is a bar on Enmore Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, what would you, how would you describe the the you know, whiskeys and? Oh, I, I mean, I just we just wanted like a, a sort of neighborhood drinking establishment you know um yeah. and you know hard start sort of very meat focused and um, we still wanted to sort of introduce that but make it more sort of seafood you know so reminds us a bit of where we used to date down in the east village in new york so it's a little bit long, long, gone, long gone that's, those that's days. cute <laughs> that's cute yeah and uh you also had a book that came out this year called fried chicken and friends true um, so today you are the fried chicken and we are the friends <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I guess, I guess all things American and, and I guess Christmas coming up too. So I guess comparing, uh, I don't know, we, we've been, Mitch, Mitch always does this, uh, big Christmas <laughs> breakfast every year at his house, uh, his parents' place called Christmas in the hood. Yeah. And I've got no fucking idea about it this year. Yeah. And <laughs> my mum, my mum starts breaking my balls about it in October <laughs> is it a different theme each year? Well, or something? So, usually, I it started because I, you know, you know, being an apprentice and all that kind of shit. Used to work a lot, and my nine to five friends or uni friends from school, etc., would never see me because I was always working. So it was like, okay, it's the one time of the year I'm not working. Let's do something in the morning, and then before everyone goes to do their family lunch or whatever, because you know a lot of my friends either celebrated on Christmas Eve or Christmas dinner and stuff. So the morning was always free. And my family never really did anything big on Christmas. It was just sort of chill out and eat, you know. So, I was like, well, I'll start cooking breakfast. So, I think I started, you know, maybe in 2004 or something like that. And it's been going every... I do it every year. And eventually, like, you know, I started working in the city and met people like Lev's and stuff like that. And the sort of crew started to expand. And I was just doing eggs and, you know, Aussie sort of barbecue breakfast... (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I think Les was like, nah, this is fucking boring. Do something better. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, remember, like, I was so excited. I'm really I'm not like, trying to work yeah. on Christmas yeah, Day. I was like, right. wow, celebrity chef Mitchell invited me over to a Christmas um, breakfast at his house. I can't wait. And I was just like, eggs it's and bacon. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a typical Western suburbs breakfast, you know what I mean? This and then, is organic bacon. Yeah. <laughs> so then one year, you know, we did, we did fried chicken and grits and stuff like that. And so now I feel like the pressure's on and I just... It got mum, you know, mum was breaking my balls about it, and I was like, "It's fine, mum." And then I realised that it's like in a week and a half, and I've got no idea. And so you, I, I put out like a little Facebook event and stuff every year, and I usually like, you know, get a picture made and do a big blurb. And this year, I was like, "Whatever," <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "You know what it is, come over." Yeah, and then will that still was be it. there. Yeah, and like some of my friends were like, "Message me like." Man, you really have no idea what you're doing this year, do you? And I was like, um, do you want to cook? Because I got. <laughs> and I messaged Levs. I was like, Levs, what should we do this year? And he's like, let's cook yams. And I was like, okay, that's one fucking thing. Thanks, no, bro. Just all yams. Help. Yeah. Imagine if you came to someone's Christmas breakfast and all you could eat were just like different varieties of sweet potato. I'd be, yeah. I'm, pretty in, I'm pretty into that. But. You'd be blocked up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the actual real purpose of this podcast is to figure out what Mitch is going to cook for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, look, I wondered. Uh, I mean, because Naomi, obviously, you're from Australia, and Greg, you're from the states. Where in the states exactly? Oh, uh, I grew up about two hours northwest of New York City, on the west side of the river. Right. Um, on the Hudson River, at the base of the Hudson Valley. And describe Christmas breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you were growing up. Is that a white? Is it a white Christmas? It is. It's. It, it, you know, it's going to be white Christmas if it snows um, just after. Uh, like if it, if it snows at Thanksgiving, it'll be it'll be snowing at Christmas usually. <clears throat> um, and uh, for the life, my entire life, my mother used to make um, these sticky buns, and they'd be she'd make the dough at night, and it'd be it would retard in the in the fridge overnight, and it's. Um, high fructose corn syrup that's like caramel colored <laughs> brown Legal sugar brown sugar um, and like this you know it, it's it's like a, a cross between like brioche and like a like a fruit uh, loaf like something. an egg enriched dough yeah right and she rolls it up and then she bakes those off and um and that's the first thing we eat on Christmas morning. Um, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm definitely not making that. <laughs> so fuck, It's like napalm. So fucking hot. Is your mom available for Mitch's uh, <laughs> I can give you the recipe. It's in the cookbook. It's in the cookbook, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Hey, was, um, was it like uh, Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving? What was bigger for you guys? Oh, they're both equally sort of as big. But, you know, I'm one of seven children. So in my family, you know, all of us are sort of married and paired off <clears throat> so my parents had sort of just said hey you guys hang out with the in-laws on christmas day and so we i forget when it was i think when i met my wife um we would pair off and just do it on christmas day uh, christmas well year boxing day yeah, yeah. And that was so our sort of, that was our after. christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. we'd all hang out christmas eve uh, like proper christmas day at night and then everybody would come home and hit the whiskeys and wake up boxing huh. day so is there is there such a is there like a massive difference between the massive meals that you eat on Thanksgiving and Christmas? Like are there things that like you interchangeable? Just, interchangeable? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Turkey thought so. ham. As long as, <laughs> as, as long as it's gluttony, yeah. That's it. A lot. That's it. It's gross. Yeah. So gross. So, you guys obviously uh, do you meet in New York, yeah, or overseas? Met in New York. Yeah, in New York. Yeah. Why on earth would you choose to open restaurants in Sydney? If, if you had the option of other cities in the world, why Sydney? Oh, naivety gets you so far, doesn't it? Well, I was performing in New York and, and then I had a job hostessing at a restaurant and that's how I met Gregory. And then um, we got quite serious quite quickly and I knew he always wanted to open a place and I did say I'd help him, but I also wanted to move to Australia. So that's how that played out. And you pretty much moved back and... Got straight into it, right? Yeah, we moved back in 2010 and had our first daughter, Quinn, and then opened, planned it at the end of 2011 and opened 2012. Yeah, right. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's an open invitation to start talking about parenting, right? Mitch and Nelson <laughs> love hearing about parenting. And uh, traveling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With kids. Uh, was it always the plan to do like American style? Was that your, that was, or did you see the opening when you got to Sydney? Uh, yeah, like <clears throat> when I was back home, I would definitely sort of Google, you know, certain people's names and look at sort of what the market was. But we never sort of intended to do what we're doing now. It just sort of, you know, you always y- just said you want to cook what you want to eat. Yeah, you, you know, done like, the and plating I think with tweezers and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you and I think you sort of customers sort of guide you and they they sort of tell you. And honestly, what 
what you do every day, you're like, that doesn't make me happy, but this does, you know? Yeah. So and that might be smoking, you know, whole sides of pork or briskets or, you know, and that's sort of, it just makes you feel good. So, so what restaurant was it you guys met? Where were you working? Oh, it was called Fresco by Scotto. It was the best job I've ever had. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was run by some... Fresco by Scotto. It was, yeah. So anyway, it was the best job. It was just such fun. The most eclectic (laughs) guests would walk through the door and you would seat people and then you weren't allowed to go back to their tables. It was seriously mafia. It was crazy. It was was just really, it was... Italian mafia? What were you you doing there? Uh, Cooking. Are you working there? Yeah. Yeah, So he ran ran the kitchen and... um, and would expedite into a microphone because it was such a busy restaurant. Sat about 120 and on a Saturday night, they would do over 500 covers. It was a team of like 17 Mexicans, like the sickest cooks you'd ever see. So Gregory would expedite in Spanish closed. and then we would have to turn the the dining room three and a half times and then they would do off-site catering as well. It was just oh, unbelievable. It's gross. Was it Italian food? Or? Yeah, it was sort of like modern. American. Sort of, American yeah, yeah, like American. Yeah, but the, um, actually... I mean, not like fucking chicken parmies and stuff. It was, you know, I think really well thought out for the space and, and the, the amount of covers that we did. It was actually quite nice. There's some so. pretty, like, revolting American-Italian food. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's awesome. No, it was legit. It was not cheap. It yeah. wasn't cheap food. But um, it was it was very tasty. Yeah. Dude, spaghetti and clams, 42 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. Yeah, and that's like six years ago now. That's our mid-charges. In my dreams, bro. In my dreams, that's what I charge. In my dreams. I'd love to charge. No, you, you get around it. You, one strand of spaghetti, two clams. <laughs> Ten bucks. Ten it's bucks. a share plate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let it out, Lebs. Let it out. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, I, I love, I love Acme, and I love share plates. <laughs> <laughs> um, what share plates will you guys be serving at your Christmas lunch table? This, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my mum likes to send out a spreadsheet. So, and we all—I've got three siblings, and we all have to. Sign ourselves up for something, but they all make the same fucking thing every year, <laughs> and so it's like a spreadsheet. So Lucky makes like her brother; he's probably what's Lucky six foot two, something. this huge, massive a man, and he makes like the garden salad, the garden salad. <laughs> but, it, but it's like this layered thing in a bowl, and he uses the same fucking bowl every year, and it's like it's like this potato. No, it's it's um, frozen egg, peas, frozen peas, defrosted, uh, eggs. Um, what's finely it? chopped lettuce? Yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's, it's my like a layered sort of like salad. So Tripal. basically the spreadsheet's redundant because you'll <laughs> yeah. just do the same thing every year anyway. But my mum anyway. loves a bit of an organise. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and if you don't That's sign fair, up... I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so yeah, we'll be on... Um, we're on dessert this year. Yeah, we're on dessert. Yeah. yeah. Pavlova? Fruit no. Salad? Gregory's we're, anti the pav. I'm anti the pav. Mm. This is what I wanted to get out. I wanted to get out these, you know, like obviously so many American recipes have made their way to Hearts Yard, but I want to know what Australian things have made their way into your life and what you've accepted and what you haven't accepted, Craig. Oh, jeez. Um... I I love Vegemite. <clears throat> um, I love barbecue sauce. <laughs> that's, um, good. that's Australian. No, but like you know like the fountain shit version. the good the good stuff. The good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, so you love you love honey and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sausage rolls. Oh, they're good. Um, I don't even know. You love a late night kebab. That's oh, your new. I do. I do. I still don't get them. But um, you still eat them. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> you just described everyone's relationships with late night kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, it's, it's not something you can just sort of like pick out. I think if somebody said something, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I enjoy that. I don't know? think you're wowed by the lamington, are you? I'm not a, uh, oh, it's okay. I mean, none of our food has like a wow factor. True. Like, when, when before you met Naomi, or maybe when you just met Naomi, like when uh, to kangaroo. Yeah, <laughs> wait, 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 when you came to Australia, were you expecting to have a more like kind of like obvious like oh this is Australian cuisine, or did you kind of know in advance that? No, I actually, I actually had no exist. idea. I actually had no idea. Like, it, it's just it's one of the oddest places I've ever lived, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, feels the most comfortable. Like you, you like um. I remember going to a talk uh, with Rene Redzepi at the Opera House and he said, and I never thought this, and he said, well, what is the Austrian cuisine? I was like, fuck, I don't know, you know? Um, Sometimes you get annoyed that there's not as, like the seasons are not as obvious here. So you can get tomatoes all Like you can get corn in the winter. Like in the States, you don't eat eat corn in the States until like after the 4th of July. 
Yeah. Or you wouldn't even touch a tomato until yeah. the yeah, sun's But up you for still a week. shouldn't <clears throat> because if you touch a tomato at the wrong time, it's still fucking shit. But yeah. true. You it shouldn't it be. Almost, Just because it's there yeah. doesn't mean you should That's be. Right. It almost seems like in Sydney, though, like it doesn't really matter. They're kind of shit all year round. Yeah. Like they've sacrificed having a high point and a low point for this like medium just all mm. year round. Like corn just has the same flavor all year. I mean, it's mm. grown in the same climate up in Queensland all year round. So you can understand why it's like always available but yeah it doesn't ever seem to reach a, a pinnacle there's so few vegetables that we get that really that really like, highlight yeah a season yeah. we did Chestnuts have a garden like, at my parents Chestnuts place and asparagus and maybe quince that's it yeah. and nobody grows fucking white asparagus not one person mm. there expensive. you go Llewellyn do it it's like my favourite vegetable <laughs> Just get some over from Peru, mate. What are you, what are you worried about? <laughs> and then you touch it and then they all break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've spoken a lot about like Australia's like inability to kind of just decide on a season with food. And hmm. I feel like now more people are starting to buy food, like their, their, you know, their weekly produce from, from farms and stuff like that. They're actually like, oh, right, I can't get peaches in July. Mm. <laughs> I, can, I can fancy that. <laughs> but like supermarkets are terrifying. Yeah. Mm. They're yeah. shocking. Like... But I, I do understand why people do it from a convenience factor. I mean, I get the shakes when, when I go into a supermarket. I find them very overwhelming. But I can see why they're still... They're what, like McDonald's. Right, mm. but, but they're, they're easy, you know, for mm. people that are busy. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got to take your kids or whatever. I mean, we're lucky we, d- we don't do it that way. But I can see why lots of people do. Yeah. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to drop hints to my family. Uh, about prawns this year because Ooh. prawns are a very important part of uh, Austra- Australian Christmas lunch for some reason. Shrimp on the barbie. Oh, no, not even. Yeah. No, it's cold prawns That's with right. a mixture of... Uh, mayo. Let's get some slave labour. Mayo, 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 ketchup. And then my uncle, who's always like, oh, I made my special cocktail sauce, he puts Jack Daniels in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. That's his secret ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but well, yeah. But so, so your subtle hint is is oh, I mean, Mike shared an amazing. Um, it's like a, it's at a Greenpeace Greenpeace put together website that basically lets you know where to get okay prawns from that aren't oh, going right. to fuck the environment, aren't going to use crappy child labour. Because mm. um, uh, Woolworths and Coles and Aldi made headlines this week mm. Uh, mm. because it was found out that the, their majority of their prawns were came from Thailand, a place mm. where they. Um, like the factory uses mostly kids to, to yeah and we've touched on this before and like that's the on land processing where it's actually like seen but there's also like boats just full of slave labour like you know basically pirate ships that you know and it's it's a pretty bad process and then even the uh the good prawning industries still do a lot of damage damage to mm. the in, like the, mm. the the shores and and the the you know the seafloor and then then you've got the really tricky issue like cuz even see even that um the Greenpeace RSPCA prawn guide had you know uh, school prawns is one of the better ones cuz they're a bycatch mm-hmm. which is good and bad so you have an issue with using bycatch because when you give something a monetary value like bycatch it encourages it it, it, it well it does, I don't know if it encourages but it definitely doesn't make people want to stop getting bycatch. You know, mm. if you're going for squid, and <laughs> that was Levin's trying to pour a tea badly. Uh, there's, if, no, there's no water in it. If you're, if you're trying to go for squid, but you happen to get a whole lot of prawns, mm. but then you can then sell those prawns for five, six dollars a kilo. There's no, like, it's, it's, it's incentifying basically. So I, mm. I think sometimes, yes, it's good. Like if the alternative is just chuck them in the water and they're all dead, then that's fucked. But it certainly needs to be regulated a little bit stricter than how it is. Because I know, like, for instance, bottle squid, mm. that's all bycatch, you know, and <clears throat> you can get that pretty readily, which means if they're not meant to be catching it, but they are, so then they're just using it. It's, mm. yeah. it's a real tricky one for me. I still haven't made my mind up on it. Mm. It's hard when it all tastes so fucking good, too. That's right. Yeah. I mean, look, you can get great prawns. Like, you know, uh, Marty Boats, he gets mm. the Hawkesbury ones from up near him, and they're, yeah. they're great. They're school prawns that are literally targeted school prawners they go out they catch the school prawns and they sell them so it, I think it's just about that conversation and that connection with the supply which is really difficult in Australia yeah and you know from a um, the viewpoint of the consumer y- you do rely on the people who are organising the process to have done their homework mm. You know, I mean, that's I don't have the time to work out where those prawns came from. My assumption is that Woolworths and Coles and Aldi are behaving responsibly. So it's yeah. frustrating that you then have to, in addition to going to them into the first place, you then have to do the thinking for them. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a pretty general rule. If you're paying under twenty dollars a kilo for yeah. peeled prawns, yeah. someone along that line mm. has suffered. You know mm. what I mean? And that's pretty standard across the board for anything. If you're getting really cheap 
you know, anything, someone yeah. or something has suffered for it, whether it's the environment or whether it's oh, the person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should take this off the menu, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Just when Mike comes around. That's it. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, but it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like this year, and not to be like, I mean, I know it's redundant to complain about fast food, but mm. like this year, I don't understand how the fuck like Hungry Jacks can sell it's like 10 nuggets for three bucks. I, yeah. I have it's no clue. terrifying. And, and people are excited by it because it's cheap, did, but did, it's like chicken fries now, dude. Eating? Yeah. Did you see that Germany just released a 100%, the McDonald's Germany released a 100% organic burger. They're going to source, trace everything and make it all online. That's a pretty huge step. That's yeah. Cool. So. Wow. Yeah. My, my big theory is, or Uh-oh. my conspiracy, here we go, is how, how, yeah, how do you get a burger? I've eaten lots of cheeseburgers in Australia. In New York, in Texas, in Florida, Mississippi. So all tastes the German, same. All tastes the same. And here and we go. Here it is. It's worm. Gregory it's stays up late at night <laughs> and worm. Googles some very odd stuff. <laughs> They're on the biggest worm farm Stop. in the world. <laughs> it's minced worm meat. It's fucking minced worm meat. I swear to God. It's the easy to produce. What's cheap. It? McDonald's does. Mc, uh, oh. That's my theory. This wow. is his late that's at night theory. theory. I love this theory. It's fucking delicious. Oh. That's why you got to put on a steam bun. Worm, worm, meat, <laughs> worm meat and sawdust. Well, li- no, if I, that, think, I think there's a bit of beef in there, but yeah. like, I don't Bulk know. out. Yeah. Is that like the old school where they used to put the choco in the apple pie, the, <laughs> yeah, rabbit, in the, the rabbit in the nuggets, now it's that's worm it. in the beef pie? That's like, it. That's my but theory. But if it was worm, like, okay, assuming it's a worm-farmed worm, would you have any issue with eating a burger that was 50% worm meat? If it was No, because you're looking at it from... Uh, Through different eyes. My dad used to McDonald's when I was fucking three years old. Hmm. You know, like it's it's an institution. Yeah, if you can process worms into a protein <laughs> that makes a patty, what's wrong with it? Gregory's children are not if eating. If anyone McDonald's. out there grows worms that we can eat, me yeah. and Greg are happy to try them. So if you want to bring a couple of kilos of worms to Hearts Yard, we will turn into burgers. Into a cheeseburger. Mm, yeah. If you want to get some sustainable Mike Eggett fish, <laughs> you can bait him with worms. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That was a deep, that's a deep dark secret. Yeah. I love that. Is there any like uh, if you put any actual scientific thought into yeah, that? Or what? No, zero. That's what? amazing. <laughs> yes. The best kind of conspiracy. Yeah. How, how I was going to say, what part yeah. of the black web have you been reading? Yeah, I, yeah. This is what he does post-service. First it was Johnny awful. Walker Black Label, then onto the black web, <laughs> yeah. and then just threw out that theory. That's it. Onto uh, the mission. Thank you. We'll be getting sued for McDonald's. Thank you. <laughs> No way, dude. They were like, fuck, we're on to this. We might make heaps out of it. Well. Threaten to go public, is it? <laughs> yeah, there's just no way that it's, it's all beef. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, it all tastes the same everywhere. A billion people served a day or some shit. I have like, I have seen, there's a really great, I think the New York Times did it, there's a great article about when McDonald's makes a menu change for a global like restaurant dish, they have to consider the global consumption of pro- of said product. Mm-hmm. So like when they wanted to put on like uh, avocado on a burger, across the, they had to look at the global levels of yeah, avocados. Because wow. that's the, the volume they buy in. It's fucking crazy. And also crazy. We, have, we have this bartender that works for us, Jock, and Jockey uh, is from Adelaide. No, he's not. He's from Victoria. <laughs> Sorry, Same Jackie. shit. <laughs> Same shit. No. Um, but he was saying, he was saying, he was, he goes, oh, I was out west one day and I've heard that there's a McDonald's out there and there's a McDonald's like burger patty factory. And he goes, that's the freshest burger in Australia. <laughs> and he goes, they go right from the factory to that McDonald's. And he goes, that's the only McDonald's I eat at. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's so funny. He goes, they're fresh, they're not frozen. I was Just like, don't eat it. What? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> do you guys do a burger at Hartyard? No, we do not. No, God no. Why was why did, why had that decision? Oh, I just I just never I enjoy eating them. I just don't enjoy making them. Yeah, it just sort of I don't know. It was never. I know it's a very American thing to do, but I think what we try to do is sort of do something neighborhoody without sort of being um like dinerish or mm. yeah, like in, yeah, that's in a se- good word in yeah. the sense of like. Like a little bit more upmarket, but where you could keep it interesting and not actually get pinned to selling fried chicken every day. Um, <laughs> with with, with Hartshard and the Gretz now in mm. in the uh, area you're living in now with Sydney lockout laws, have you guys seen a positive like influx of people, or has it been a negative? Now that like because we read in the papers every week that Newtown is the new hub where people are going mm. out, have you found it's kind of detracted from the nice local community and the? Or is it been a positive for the economics? Or is it, or or is it the same? same? No, from yeah. a front of house perspective, I don't think it's changed much. I mean, Hartyard's very much a restaurant. And even the bar area, you've got to come and eat, Gregory. <laughs> Switch your phone. Sorry, just no, that. never. 
you, we're just on the train line. I, I think there should be a, lo- a rule that if your if your if your ringtone is a fucking train signal, you're allowed to leave it on at all. Was time. it Thomas the Tank Engine? Or Sorry, just- I have two kids. <laughs> so anyway, no difference at um at Hearts Yard, and uh, we close at midnight at the Gretz, or and at both places. So no, and you know, I, the Gretz is not really. A, I mean, not that people don't come and have quite a few bevies, but I don't think it's the place that you're going to... There are other places in Newtown and Enmore you might pick yeah. if that's what you're going to go and do. And I think we want, like, the market of the... You know, of what we actually... Of what we offer. You know, I think once you go past that sort of 12 a.m. license, you just... It changes. It, it, mm. it does. And, mm. we, you know, and, like, people say, like, oh, why do you just want to serve seafood? It's like, because we just believe in it, and it's the same thing that we believe in with that sort of... You know, there's lots of places on Enmore Road, like they want the later license but I don't think that will equate to revenue yeah yeah you know it'll just equate the problems yep. you know so so would you be happy to see the lockout laws move through I don't think I don't think it would affect us personally head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It, it might. I mean, I, 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 I don't really know. I mean, we don't have I, a license yeah. until three. And I don't, I, I don't know <clears throat> if I know enough to know whether the lockout laws are necessary. And in terms of what it did to, I mean, it's awful what it's done to. Yeah the King's Cross area for, from a business perspective and we heard of people that bought um, a really great high turnover venue in the Cross right when we bought the Gretz and it must have been the laws came in just after that or something and um, and they're tanking and that's awful. However, what price a person's life? So, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> but, a really... I mean, the measures that they've taken yeah, ha- yeah. have have nothing to do with yeah. with with, with, with the incident that yeah. you know, and, like, and no one against the lockout laws is saying that it isn't a tragedy that that poor guy right. lost his life. But like when it happened at nine thirty, the guy hadn't even been inside a nightclub before hitting this guy. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, and then the casinos can pay heaps of money and be exempt from. Yeah, it. yeah, and that's mm. where I think it all gets too muddy in the water yeah this week we um was one of the first big um closures of a non-nightclub venue in the king's in king's cross what um jimmy licks closed oh, oh really right. and jimmy licks has been open for eight, eight years or something yeah. like that oh, my, my, it's where my wife uh, first started waiting oh, 
um, yeah, right. for, for Waiting for, for you or <laughs> <laughs> You got me back bro Well done <laughs> uh, You got one <laughs> Don't hold your breath <laughs> um, Waiting tables mate ah, right. that's, that's what we call it in thanks, the industry thanks for, <laughs> thanks for clarifying for the every man out thanks. there <laughs> Okay. I was a good twice. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just woke up. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wonder how how far. I mean, like, I wonder if there is just like one one business because I mean, it's not it's not just uh, nightclubs that are affected by this. It's the entire community, especially. Yeah. The, and the next and after nightclubs are affected, the next one up is the dining community. Yeah. And recently, there there have been a bit of controversy. It's unclear as to exactly what. Has uh, what what new law has been passed, or whether or not that one has actually been changed? But basically, Istanbul on King, which is an inst- institutional yep. ke- late night kebab joint that Greg uh, doesn't understand but can't stop eating, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they aren't allowed to trade past midnight anymore. Oh Apparently, that's because their license never allowed them to, and they only just realised that. But it's a bit murky as to why. But the people were outraged, and apparently, the the there's an end goal that no restaurant can trade in Newtown after midnight. Oh, really? The, oh. The, the theory is, if you take away the late night dining food, then the drunks will just go home. Mm. They can't get into the pubs. They won't be on the streets, <gasps> so they're going to close down. So all the Indians. This seems all a bit short sighted to me. <laughs> That's exactly it's what it is. Absolutely. Extremely It's, it's, it's a knee-jerk reaction. They, yeah. do all, they just want us all to go and end up and eat at the Barangaroo and the casino. And, and you wonder who they're talking to. Because if they did something like this and invited all of us that are in the area and said, it's, hey, let's sit down. people sitting in an office that haven't been out in 15 years. Yeah, so they're yeah. fucking what argue about anything, making decisions. Well, and when, when this happened, obviously, as a DJ, like I was like made a point of being a big part of the discussion when the Lock Out Laws first came into place. We had big open panels at huge venues and invited local members and only the independent ones showed up. Yeah. So like, mm. it's definitely it's something that like you know it's 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 this horrible reaction to a horrible situation that's mm. just going mm. to negatively affect our city. Mm. We talked about it last week. If anyone in Melbourne wants to shout out if they know why they took them away in the end and what the process was, because Melbourne brought oh. these in and then they realised it was shit. Because but Melbourne's, any other like yeah. yeah, of course Melbourne's smarter and better and and. Has Created. Infinitely more creative. Yeah, but like, give it, shout us some information about it because it's shit in Sydney and it's really going to hurt us all mm. if we don't speak about it's it. It's a shame and, that a know. whole section of Sydney that's known and it's a big tourist destination yeah. has suddenly become. But nothing. I feel like every Relevant. place that we love in Sydney exists because they did it against all odds. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, we finally have three good food trucks now in Sydney and it's because they've somehow defied the ridiculous laws that the government placed on food trucks <laughs> and they were like, we're going to have food trucks now. And, and they're they not survived. allowed to do anything. They exactly. know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everything over $500 comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, it's just, I don't know. And there's countless examples of that, of like, just someone just managed to wade through the shit years and then coming yeah. out on top of that against all odds. Like Hearts Yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, well, it that's what, be this, that hard, this, this is what we always talk about is the independent people trying to do it right because, you know, what you guys bring to the area of Newtown and Enmore is something fantastic and, you know, we Thanks. love it and we love everyone who does the same sorts of things. So we're really keen on protecting that and then mm. talking about it because the media won't. You know, mm. yeah. Sydney Morning Herald and all that. And they're not writing about the lockout laws in a positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope they do. I hope they pick the story up. I hope they ask the chefs. I hope they ask the waitresses and the, the DJs and everybody else in the small bands, you know, because it became this thing about like um, when the lockout laws came in, everyone sort of talked about live music, live music, because it was like poker machines yeah. versus live yep. music. Yeah. And that was like kind of a really niche thing. And I love live music and I'm a big fan. <laughs> you about to say I love poker machines. <laughs> oh, I, I hate poker machines, you know what I mean? But whatever. But I love live music, but I think they miss the overall community sense because, you know, not as many people relate to live music mm, as they do to going mm. to their favorite small restaurant. Mm. You know what I mean? It's going to be a pretty boring city in 10 years if they keep this up. It'll be faster than 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, it's, be, we'll be gone. It's fucked too because it's such an exciting dining city at the moment. Mm. Like, it's really, really peaking. Yeah, you look at all the places that yeah. have opened. And for the government, like, all the government talks about supporting small business and la, 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 and in reality, they do fuck all for us. Mm. You know, it's it's pretty bad. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Let's no, no, move that's on. Great. Wow. No, that's right. We went to a dark place, people. We always do every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mitchin. Uh, so let's talk about fried chicken and friends. Yeah, um, uh, and I guess the difficulties in trying to put your relationship, the life of your restaurant, and your future plans into a book, and what had to be cut <laughs> from from that incredible story. 
And yeah. did they try and call it dude food? <laughs> no, no. Oh, they, uh, people still do, and that's and that's fine. I mean, no, no, like, no. He's talking about uh, they my, changed the my name book was literally book. renamed Dude Food. Are you serious? Oh, really? yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> and it's after Christmas. It's getting renamed to Firewood. So <laughs> <laughs> you got me again, New Holland Publishers. <laughs> Oh, they wow. preemptively knew I would. So, hey, how did your book? Them. How did your book go down? Um, look, look I, I um, we got we, we we actually got approached by um, Jill and Terry. Yeah. We, <laughs> shortly after we'd, we'd, I think we'd been open a year or two. So yeah, I was I was heavily pregnant with our second daughter, and they sent us an email saying, "Would we come for?" meet them for morning tea which is you know pretty intimidating we did not have any sort of friendship with them it was only when they'd come into reviewers and we turned up and they said we like your writing we like your cooking we think you should write a cookbook and that was how it started and um and then we ended up signing the deal right when i'd had Edie, and i was still on cloud nine because i'd survived labor and i was invincible and they were like how long will it take i was like i don't know and they said will a year do and i said sure so um that was september that was september and then in the january we realized we hadn't done nothing nothing was written so um, i was doing the i was due august yeah so we had to put our little heads down it was gregory did all the recipes with amy who is our operations manager so i'm not a very exact person and we fight when we have to do Things like that together. So, in the interests of world peace She's and like, our marriage, what do you marriage. mean? Is the water hot or cold? <laughs> um, and he would like. Just, I'd be like, would you stir like, it? Oil or extra virgin olive oil? Come on, honey. And he's like, like fuck. People know the answer to these <laughs> questions. <laughs> We've got one of those on the mission. <laughs> We've got an everyman. Everyone yeah. does. Don't leave um, home without him. <laughs> Get your family and every man for Christmas this year. Yeah, but but my my wife wrote the script. Uh, for the book in probably two months mm-hmm. and then she looked at it and she has some very close friends and sort of um, you know, in production and things like that and she sent it off to them and said hey can you have a look at it and they just said this is not you and she's like oh fuck because it was a bit vague so, and she literally wrote the whole book again yeah, yeah right. but that's okay yeah, right. it's a good learning you know like I used to perform and when I was choreographing and directing you'd go home and you'd choreograph this whole three minute piece and then you'd get it up the next day with the dancers and it was shit so then you'd go back and redo it and I know you guys do that with your cooking so it's the- <laughs> <laughs> just goes on the menu <laughs> so there you go it was a two-year process which i think is long longer than those books typically mm-hmm. take but because they wanted a father's day release that that was how it all timed out mm-hmm. yeah nice. so yeah I, I know it's a very rare thing to hear a uh, terry durack compliment on the mitchin but i have to say that uh the work that jill and terry did alongside murdoch books has produced so many good cookbooks in the last year year um, yeah, they really did a good yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're um, I, I actually knew, I didn't, actually I had no idea who they were when I first moved to this country. And um, Mike Benny, <clears throat> who he was, he's, he's like a Newtown local. And um, and he said, hey, that's um, all. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> end. That's he goes, all he, he, knows, he, he knows Harry's going to be here. And I said, I said, who's that? And he goes, Terry Durack. He's like from the City Morning Herald. I was like, what's that? <laughs> so I just had no idea. And I think that was that was sort of on our side. So um, And then when they walked in, it was really lovely. And we on from our opening week, we had people that have kept coming back. And one of them came up to me because I must have looked a little bit clueless and poked me and was like, you do know who that is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the reservation was on their king. Mrs. King, yeah, um, terrible. And yeah, and they were they were really lovely to us um, and very supportive. Uh, n- not uh, just with the book, they just said, "Look, you know, it will take a life of its own, and once you start sort of getting into the nitty gritty, it'll it'll just be what it'll be." So, and it, and that's what happened. Yeah. So, I love cookbooks that you can just read, and it's cool, like reading a story. Thank you. Um, throughout the cookbook, alongside the recipes, I mean, even if you don't re- cook any of the recipes, sometimes it's fun just to kind of read the read the story. Yeah, for Thank sure. You. I Thank also you. saw you guys have put together a pretty fucking sick. Have you seen this? I got the sickest Christmas hamper. It's got like the <laughs> heart yard like shirt, hat, the book. And then the hot sauce from Hearts Yard and yeah. then Old Bay. Old Bay. Yeah. Which yeah. Is pretty, that's a pretty sick present. I saw that. If, yeah, you it's guys been can going pretty well. Yeah, you can yeah. still get yeah. on the website. Yep. Yeah, I think there's some I think it's 80 bucks. We that's, ran, yeah. So that's cheap. actually savage to me because I know how hard you have to get that, how hard you work to get that Old Bay. I found the hookup. Oh, you found the hookup. <laughs> Easy to know about up. this. Do you know about, tell, tell us how, um, oh, my, how, how you used to get Old Bay seasoning into Sydney. Oh, my mother used to, she makes all the napkins for Hearts Yard and she gets very excited and she, she lives in Florida. 
half of the year and she lives in New York the other half of the year and she'll go to like these huge fucking like sales and she'll say Gregory I found this fabric and it's a dollar a meter or whatever it is <laughs> and she's, like, she's like I can get 10 napkins out of this and she you know she cuts them all and she um, you know sort of double whatever double stitches the edge and she goes and then she, she always says the same note she says ironed and ready to go and they're always like flat and just like schmick um, and packaged inside oh, like outrageous like it'd be like um tommy bahama shirt fabric and like just the weirdest stuff um but then she used to pack in all the the obey in the boxes yeah so they got smuggled in with the napkins yeah because there was a period where it was illegal to bring it into Australia. yeah so really? yeah because it had something um like i think because of the celery and then it had a miscellaneous like uh plant material so customs used to stop it and they wouldn't bring it in oh. it actually took it we, we uh Every day for two weeks, for an hour in the morning, me and um, my old sous chef, we would try to make it, and we be- we got very very close. And there's still a huge tub of it, of new bay seasoning, of new bay seasoning. Yeah, that, that's what we use. But now we got a pretty steady hookup now, so that's good. How many recipes do you use Old Bay in? Oh, not very many. I would use Old Bay mayonnaise for the po' boy, uh, with a little bit of miso in there, and then. Um, it's in the brine for the chicken. My three Not actually in the bread. My the three bread. staples in life, like for anything, if you buy any food that can be made better, is sriracha, cupy mayo, and old bay. That's it. Because you put those on anything, and it's <sighs> good. Depending on what you need. Tabasco as well, or, or a hot sauce. No, sriracha will do me. Yeah, right. No, I like. I, can, I like I a good hot sauce as well, but yeah, if those three things are around, mm-hmm. you can pretty much make any piece of shit food taste better. <laughs> what was, it, what was <laughs> you know the old bay sriracha? And what was the other one? Cupy, cupy, cupy. cupy. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I love them. I, I use old bay yep. for everything. It's all contained MSG. Just toast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so good. On toast is sick. Yeah. Just butter and a bit of Old Bay. It's fucking delicious. You got any staples like that, Mitch? Jats. Just jats. <laughs> yes. You know you've got a competition now for the Jats throne. Yeah. Who's you that? know the unicorn's doing Jats with onion dip. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. I did that at my daughter's party the other day and all the adults ate it. I thought that was an ode to Mitch. First of your own. First, he refuses to come on the Mitchin. Now awesome. he's still. <laughs> Did he really? Jack yeah, Jake. So Jake won't want to talk to us. We've asked, every single week we've asked Jake to come on the Mitchin, and he just refuses. Called out. Oh, Jakey, he's, he's busy calling the pass right now. You know what? Uh, just before we move on, you know what? On good, a, a good cookbook, just for the, the sake, the broadsheet one that they made yeah. for oh, Sydney yeah. is actually sick because mm. it's, it's lovely. All your friends in it. It's such a good snapshot of the mm. last two years. Mm. Like I was kind of flicking through. It. I didn't expect much from it. It's actually brilliant. It's mm. really good, especially if in the industry. Like, it's sick. It's really good. It's a really yeah, nice is. snapshot of what's happened in the last couple of years. I really liked it. I thought it did a really good job. Yeah, yeah it's like pretty it's well Yeah, put the together. landscaping of the book, the colors. Yeah, it's all put together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Who's in it? Everyone. All so the they usual suspects. They took the, like, the 50 or 75 kind of best or most iconic dishes from Sydney for the last... I think they'd all been like published in broadsheet mm. over the year or something. Yeah. Like right, that. Cool. And but it was tricky for us because they wanted we couldn't do anything that was in our cookbook, and I know like Cornersmith had the same problem as well. And so we all had to we did something that was from our opening menu because we couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. across. Yeah, but it's really good. It's worth checking out. Mm. Once you finish, <clears throat> once you release that cookbook and all your all your recipes, how many recipes in there? Like a hundred. Oh, I think it's about 120 or something. I hate um, writing recipes. Eh? <laughs> oh, great. I'm good at it now. It. Actually, the, the the girl who I um woman who, uh, the woman. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Adelaide of Sorry, Amy. <laughs> oh my god, uh, she she was actually a recipe writer for Women's Weekly. So as I was just saying it, she would literally just type it. Wow. Yeah, yeah she like, was like a, a recipe would read in, in Women's yeah. Weekly. Nice. And I was like, oh my god, this is so good. So yeah. once you once you get all of those recipes out, yep. like is there pressure on you to create a new a new recipe for or a new dish after the cook after the book is out or you, you just no, continued it, as usual no it's quite funny because um we had people and they were like oh i made the fried chicken and it's actually really good i'm like well <laughs> fucking hope so <laughs> like, was there ever that kind of thought about you know i don't know some people do it i'm not saying you guys did it but withholding some of the no the secrets or was no. It just no. completely no this open? is this is exactly what we do and i think in translation, that can be different. Like if you were going to make, let's say, pasta at home or in a restaurant, like it, it, it wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have the same pasta machine or it, even if you used the pasta machine at home. Like it would still be different. But yeah, there's no sort of, no yeah. no hidden strings, no nothing. And I think that's sort of what we do at, at Hearts Yard, you know? You just come in, eat, yeah. no secrets. Except there's, no, there's no need to hide anything really, is there? No. No. I agree. 
No. You just admit the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Gregory came home from work last night and then stayed up half the night rewriting the menu for Hearts Yard for the new year. For the new year. So, so yeah, and nice. um, and we're actually um, th- this year was pretty interesting. And um, I, I think without even knowing it, I put a lot of pressure on myself to say, oh, you know, we have to do this, have to do this, and then, um, uh, yeah, then I just decided uh, that it's okay to sort of like change the staples yeah. Yeah. and I'll never forget a chef that I used to work with um, he said sometimes you gotta kill your lovers and I was like what the fuck is he talking about um, and it means the things that are sort of easy and tried and true and things that are you should do with your eyes closed those are the things you just need to test, change, change and take it. off and nail so yeah pigtails 101 in February Ooh. wow so, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. it sounds good Mitch, yeah, Mitch, Mitch and Mike you guys are like are almost at opposing ends of that 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 belief, huh? Uh, yes and no. I, in, that, in, in some that, ways, yeah. like, I hate the signature dish thing mm. and I hate people coming to the restaurant with an expectation or a cut out of an article in a magazine saying, I'm going to have this dish. But for me, it's like, if I still like cooking it and I still like eating it, it'll stay on the menu. Like, the only things on the menu still at Acme are bologna, the bologna sandwich, the linguine with burnt chili and black garlic and the macaroni with the pig's head. They've mm. been on since the start. Everything else has changed, but I still like. I pretty much eat a bologna sandwich a day still, <laughs> and I still like cooking and prepping the linguine and the pig's head. So mm. that's why they're still on the menu. Mm. At some point, like we will get bored, and I will take them off, and there'll be a backlash. And but then it's cool. Then you can bring <coughs> them back later to much fanfare and yeah, that's right. Yeah. Back in, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Whereas Mike's menu just double <laughs> and then yeah. triple. <laughs> I tend to just add things. I think we've said this before. I I do like the. I, I mean, it's a constant. If you if the restaurant runs long enough, you get the the right to change things up. You know mm. what I mean. But I mm. do like to know my customers can come and get the dish that they've always loved us for. But it's having said that, I make sure there's enough wiggle room there to keep me happy and mm. to keep the team happy. And it's like Mitchie, you know, he's kept three now so that people know they can always come to you know like are you going to take fried chicken off no we have, we have the trifecta too yeah. we got pigtails probably fried chicken yeah. so that's the thing as long as the customers know they can come and get their you know what what you're famous for and what they love you for then I think yeah. it's okay so the thing about it is I noticed the first time people come like they'll have bologna a couple other snacks and then they might only order linguine and macaroni mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that sucks them in and they go, wow, fuck, that's really good. So the next time they come back, yep. then they really branch out <clears> and then they start to evolve and get it and they become regulars and they keep yeah. turning over. And then like every fourth visit, they might have a macaroni kind of thing and yeah. go back to it. But, and yeah. our regulars trust our floor staff. So they'll often yeah, order exactly. whatever's mm. new on the menu exactly. based yeah. just on our floor staff yeah, saying, you haven't had this, it's new. Yeah. Like Fratelli, Fratelli Paradiso has had the lasagna on for 15 years and I still order that lasagna. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Is it good? It's fucking good. And the, cal- <laughs> the calamari as well. And the calamari's been on since day one, I think, yeah. as well and it's fucking sick. National dish. You know, like yeah. you never, you never take no. those off yeah. but the rest of the menu changes so that, yeah. that's the balance. And the same, we're going to come back in the new year with everything else new yeah. aside mm. from those three things. You yeah, you got to keep your crew happy as well. Yeah, mm. people get bored. Yeah. You get bored and complacent cooking yeah. the same thing. Prepping the same thing. Yeah. Does your fucking head in. You guys get a break at the end of the year? We close on Sunday, both places. Ooh. Yes. And then we Two open weeks. Hearts Yard on the 6th and the Gretz on the 5th. Yeah, so same. same. What are you going to do with that time off? Uh, actually, still. Yeah, as, as, sort of, as, sort of, <laughs> as we've been open for like four years, the, the days of Christmas have etched up, uh, crept up in the week. So um, we'll actually have a whole week in Sydney with no... Nothing to do. Staycation. That's it. We did oh. that last year. Hilarious. Well, Gregory's birthday is in early January, and much like his um, conspiracy theories, he also loves magic. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I found I found so a show. Magic is amazing. He dude. just loves it, and I do not. Anyway, um, but as as um, I found a show that's playing next week, so he's getting an early um, birthday. By the way, just to interrupt you quickly. The episode is called "Magic Is Amazing," dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can remember as a kid watching, um, what was his name? David um, Copperfield. Copperfield walk through the Great Wall of China. I was like, how is that happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. 
God. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Don't David spoil Blaine. it. David Blaine it's walking on water. I mean, come on, levitation. Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, amazing. Tigers getting you know eating people. I've seen Greg make bourbon disappear pretty quickly, but that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how long, an easy magic trick. How long till we get like a food and magic book? Oh, that's, that's actually um, <laughs> it's Iceland. We're you'll gonna have, ring. We're gonna yeah. ring Murdoch on our way out here. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have to have another kid because it seems to be like whenever you do anything like way too hard, you have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I have wondered about that theory. It's going to be a new um, dinner and show. <laughs> That's it. That's bring, it. bring in a cabaret. Yeah, magician walking around. Hard to hard. Skills. We could. That's it. Um, you know. Actually, City doesn't have cabaret, darling, do they? No, you could do the 20 cent behind the ear trick. Melbourne has a Dracula's and a yeah. <laughs> other, other cabaret Sydney restaurant. Has, I think Sydney has one on Oxford Street, but... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's big in the it. in the US. I did a lot of um, cabaret theatre where people are eating. It's bizarre, yeah. and you people are eating and you're performing, and it's very intertwined. And they're clapping with their wine glass and stuff. But um, we don't really have it here at all. It's what? just not. <laughs> if Hearts Yard suddenly became a cabaret <laughs> restaurant, what would you do? What would what, what would can, the theme be? Couldn't you see all that jazz happening <laughs> in the window on yeah, your we, like, we just sell lobster. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> lobster, five hundred bucks a lobster head. in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, next year, have you got any ridiculously big plans, or did you just do everything this year yeah, instead? Yeah, no spells, no. Yeah, Mum no. was tired. Um, no, a bit of travel. Oh, mm-hmm. It's on the cards. Our um, oldest starts school. Yeah, she, she starts. She's five. So not that we went in anywhere before, but now we're bound to school times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we need. I think we need a a rest and planning year. I think we've got to stabilize and. You know, a rest and planning year while still running two venues. Yeah, that makes, yeah. That makes total yeah. sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the most exciting thing is sort of um, I really enjoy numbers and sort of you know cranking down on them and really conspiracy theories, them. magic, and numbers. That's it. Weird. The trifecta. They're the things that never leave your your life menu. No zero. <laughs> zero. All right. Well, thank you so much to, uh, to Gregory and Naomi for coming in today on the Mitchin. Yep. Mitch, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Do the little sign off? No. Nah. All right. Cool. Fair enough. <laughs> you can find us online, <laughs> facebook.com slash the Mitchin, or send us an email to the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Have we got any lately? What's the glass? Um, yeah. Thing? Someone uh, <laughs> Someone sent us, I don't know, shouts to the people that send emails that I read this morning that I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Um, you can find Mike at Pinbone on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Mitch is Krill on the Run on Twitter and Instakrill on Instagram. I'm Lev Dog L E V D A W G on both. Where can we find you guys, Gregory and Naomi? Oh, just Hartyard. Hartyard. At Hartyard. On and both. Uh, the Gretz and more. The Gretz and more. Yes. Yeah. That's it. No personal accounts. And Sorry. Uh, definitely yeah. try and uh, fit in a meal. Oh, you probably won't be able to fit in a meal. Maybe this weekend, as soon as this episode drops, make a booking for your Hartyard straight away, <laughs> or you can head there in the uh, second week of January. That's it. Thank yeah. you. Ask, Thanks for the team. Thanks to do magic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time you're back on the podcast, we want you to do a magic trick on the podcast. No problem. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, and you have to you have to announce the trick. <laughs> no so problem. Yeah, we can actually do it live. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll film it. We'll make amazing. a video. Yeah. yeah. Next video. So good. <laughs> Gregory's magic trick. Oh. <laughs> Long as you keep your pants Sounds on, I'm okay. Sus-like. You know what he's going to be doing over the break. <laughs> yeah. Thank babe, you. babe, babe, check this one out. <laughs> Still shit, Greg. <laughs> Where'd the rabbit go? <laughs> Paint the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thank Thanks, guys. You. Cheers. It's the Mitchin Podcast.